Hello, welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 191. Today I'm going to be talking about, I have so many open files that I want to get back to, and they've been a long time coming. I have some open on how exactly did we get here with these psychopaths. The numbers one in three out of a hundred is not even close to being true. I have more information on where are they getting the children from and how does this all work together and also the interesting part about how are all these people hiding in plain sight so if any of those subjects interest you more please let me know in the comments today i'm going to be talking about the fake world of true crime there's a real reason why they push true crime because it takes everybody's focus off of real crime that are more likely going to be happening for people in your life not people hanging out in alleys stranger danger was really overplayed for a very long time and still is I've covered a lot of these cases that I'm going to be showing you on the screen today. And if you're on audio, I would suggest you head over to YouTube. Not complicated. Psychopath in Your Life is a channel name. I'm offering free downloads of my ebook at my website, psychopathinyourlife.com. So, anyway, so there's a lot to cover here. They. One of the most egregious ones was the one that you'll see on the screen, which is the milk carton kids. And it started out by this thing saying, have you seen this child? And this was long before Amber Alerts to push notifications, reports of missing boys and girls. And they appeared at a place guaranteed to catch the eyes of the widest range of Americans, young and old, rich and poor, rural and urban, on the sides of milk cartons in the 1980s. Basically a pretty slick plan to horrify the whole world, okay? Um, I'm not going to be talking about the patterns of these um, crimes that you'll be seeing on the screen when I'm finished talking here. I'd like for you to take a look and see if you see any patterns here. This is, I keep saying that these are one-trick ponies, okay? And there is, in fact, a war on children and Muslims and women. So take a look for yourself and see what you can come up with and see what you see. And keep in mind that I did not write the copy for any of these things. In other words, I didn't write the book titles. I didn't write the slogans on the, on the tops of the books. And in instances like with um, Ted Bundy's wife, um, I didn't call her um, a lusting or whatever they call her. So I didn't make up these terms. These were terms that were actually produced by the media. So anyway, so <clears throat> how these kids end up on milk cartons? Well, it, tr it traced back to the Midwest. Sound familiar? Remember the um, Spanish flu traced to um, Kansas, right? <clears throat> by that doctor I never could really find a picture of. Anyway, so it supposedly, remember they write these backstories, And here's what they're saying. It was a newspaper delivery boy named Eugene Martin. He went missing near Des Moines, Iowa in 1984. He was a second paper boy in as many years to disappear. A relative who worked at the nearby Anderson and Erickson Dairy asked his employer to help. According to the podcast, this one that was on air, within weeks, milk cartons featuring the photos and names of both newspaper boys were distributed in the area. The missing kids' photos replaced the usual advertisements on the milk cartons. So they used, they used to do photos, but they replaced them with the milk cartons. So during the 70s and 80s, they had got a lot of media attention. The first one that got a lot of attention was a boy named Etan, E-T-A-N, Potts, P-A-T-Z. Huh, his name ends up being what, eight letters? In 1979, <laughs> and the kidnapping 
remember, I don't ever laugh at real victims, okay? But some of this stuff, I got to tell you, I don't know who wrote this stuff, but it took a pretty sick, depraved mind to come up with most of it. Um, So anyways, so Etten was the first one that really became big in public. And then, of course, we had Adam Walsh in 1981. Adam's father went on to do that America's Most Wanted show. Remember him? Well, (laughs) all made up. So his story, Adam's story, was first told in a television movie called Adam. And those reports developed into a type of moral panic called stranger danger. I have, what actually started me on this work 25 years ago was this idea that I could not calculate how... Where were the psychopaths that I read about in all these true crime books? I mean, I was really into true crime for many, many years. And at some point, if you're ever interested, I'll get back to the story about the Ramsey case. But anyhow, so yeah, I've always been interested in true crime. And I always was suspicious of where are the ones sitting next to us? Well, it turns out they're running to everything. So was it too far off on that one? So stranger danger is what they use to pretty much paralyze the rest of us and make us think there's trouble lurking everywhere. If you recall... Um, when I got in trouble with this place was when I was doing all the research to um, try to understand what were laws on the books that would help children that were harmed by, you know, molesters and rapists and all that kind of stuff. Spoiler alert, not many on the books. So I think that's the whole deal is to divert everybody's attention from the fact that if your child does in fact get harmed by more likely somebody in your immediate circle, not stranger danger, it you will not get much for resolution because there's no laws in the book. So they want to hide a few things. One is a stranger danger. They want to propel that. I mean, I've covered these cases, but I move on from them. Some people have made an absolute living covering these cases, pounding them day after day after day. And that's really to mentally keep pounding the stranger danger into your mind, okay? And to show that if it happens to you, hmm, probably not going to be, be resolved very well. So anyway, so... These reports, the the stranger danger thing was the main push. So then in 1984, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children was founded. Another interesting organization. And there were several reasons for the program of the milk cartons to go away. was because some pediatricians, you know, the folks with the snakes in their logos, the well-respected child-rearing expert... (laughs) It's almost hard to say this stuff seriously. Dr. Benjamin Spock, why don't they just call him Benjamin Spook, claimed the images of missing children were emotionally harmful for children to see every morning. <laughs> no kidding. As they increased young people's fears as they would also go, that they would also go missing. Yes, this was exactly the whole effect. See how they will always signal kind of what they're doing. Others criticized the campaign's focus on stranger danger despite strangers making up a very small percentage of kidnappers. Yes, very rare that your kid's going to get kidnapped by a stranger. Not that I'm saying it doesn't happen, but more likely it's going to be a divorcing parent. It's going to be somebody that child knows, okay? So the other, they also pointed out that the milk cartons dis- disproportionately featured white children, even though children of color make up a larger percentage of the missing child demographics. Now, I'm not going to speak to the missing child demographics because remember, they make the demographics. So it'd be just too much in the weeds to try to sort out how many kids really go missing. So then in 1996, the invention of the Amber Alert system made the milk carton ads obsolete. I got it. 
interested in Amber Alert several years ago because there was this weird deal that they could have passed some sort of legislation to make passports tagged. So if you were a convicted pedophile, that they would tag it so that you couldn't travel on your passport and stuff. But they didn't do anything. And I thought at the time that it was so weird. Likely the whole stink and stuff was to probably to signal pedophiles that it's safe to travel. I don't know. But anyway, so that's when Amber came alert. So they, there's a lot of patterns you're going to see in these shows. Okay. There's a patterns about dueling parents. There's a, we always have good parents, bad parents in the Lacey, Lacey Peterson case. Remember the, her family was ticked off at Scott's family doing all kinds of horrible things. Watts case, exact same patterns. So anyway, so there's a, um, man online and I will put the link to his site and he is doing some fascinating work okay what he's doing is he's gone back from the early days and showing the photo documentation of how all these people that we see in these crimes were actually uh, players you know actors for example Bonnie and Clyde was an interesting one and he talked about Bonnie and Clyde and he actually showed pictures where Bonnie actually had a um, early prothesis of these words prothesis for her hand in other words her hand was actually a clip and it's fascinating when you start looking at this stuff because no way could bonnie have been you know wielding that gun and firing it so i believe the actors in these cases end up being probably they're they're illuminatis they're obviously probably pretty high up on the chain and as for some sort of reward they get to do these things to scare the hell out of the rest of us um and remember fear is many times more more potent than somebody with a gun on your on your head okay just the fear that it might happen so anyway so this mitchell brooks has a fascinating site and i would suggest looking at his shows from the earliest ones that he's done and he has some really interesting photo documentation as far as who these people played as far as different characters. I think it was last week I talked about um, Walt Disney. He has him. He actually played Hitler. So, yeah, it, it's pretty pretty eye-opening when you look at that. I really would recommend it. So, you know, as a matter of fact, um, Ted Bundy. I mean, maybe Bundy's still alive for all we know. Too big of a rabbit hole for me, but... I connected Bundy to this Cliven Bundy. You remember Cliven Bundy? He was the one that had the big land standoff. Well, he was, he's still alive and he was born the same year as Ted Bundy. So who knows about this stuff? Okay. But I think that Mitchell Brooks has some pretty, pretty compelling evidence. And I certainly would suggest spending more time over there than with some of these other freak shows that are just trying to scare you because it's interesting to analyze all that. So one thing I'd like to point out, I hope you'll stay around for the whole show because the most trusted man in America, Walter Cronkite, what a guy he was, or gal, <laughs> um, he, he's, he, he clearly was CIA, okay, um, but he was a very powerful figure in this country, and he was the one that did the famous on-air thing when JFK was shot. And what I noticed, which got me looking closer into uh, Walter or Winifred or whatever he is or she is was that um, when he went on air it's a fascinating clip okay it's just fascinating the way they timed this thing tied it into a soap opera so yeah he goes on air and he has um, <laughs> those glasses and he's looking all emotional and now I had a fax machine in the early 80s when I was doing work in China and Hong Kong now there's no way in 1963 
because even in the 80s, fax machines were brand new for offices, okay? He... But he he comes up with this. The, the newsroom hands him this picture of the JFK thing, and there's no way that he got that picture. Okay, now if anybody wants to climb down that rabbit hole, good for you because I'm just telling you it's all made up. Okay, very little isn't made up. So and also it's interesting because people are more mixed about JFK. People are mixed about who did it, or did the government do it, or did. Harvey Oswald do it, but not many are really thinking about, gee, probably never really happened. So yeah, the the Walter Cronkite connection became very interesting because did you know that Walter Cronkite actually dated Carly Simon's sister? (laughs) I wish I was making this stuff up, but I'm not. You know, I never wanted to be a fiction writer because I think, I, I don't know, just remember when you read these titles, you read these descriptions of how they describe these things, somebody actually sat down and dreamed this stuff up, okay? A real living evil person actually used those words, cooked up these cases, and these cases become gold mines because for years they go back and forth. For years they sell more tickets, more tabloids. You know, like the one milk carton kid, Pat's, that Pat's kid, um, they said they found his killer 40 years later. See, they never really can, they never really have to let them go because it keeps selling things and bringing in more merchandise. So anyway, let me know in the comments what you want to hear more about next. So I will look forward to joining you in the comments. Be safe out there and goodbye for now.